Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well, she's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Merry betwixtmas, tryhards. Oh, it's a new uh it's not. I've heard New it a lot. It? I've heard it a lot this week on Radio Two. The days between Christmas and New Year are called betwixtmas. Why? Because they're between the two Yuletide holidays. I'm assuming. Betwixt means between, doesn't it? Oh, does it? Yeah. I was trying to think. Was does twix stand for? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> twix. Twix, as in like the confectionery, stands for two biscuits, two Bix. That's what Twix comes from. No. Yeah. yeah. That is the, apart from my Guinness microdraft, that is the best thing that I've <laughs> learned. Um, did you, what, is that better than the Mr Bean fact that I know you keep talking to people about? I haven't talked to anyone about that. I spoke to Rob Vickerman about it. No, Rob brought it up. Well, um, talking of Twix, that's Sophie's favourite one in a box of celebrations, which I just find so odd. It's not even top three. Really? Yeah. Maltese is number one, Ovs. Galaxy, Galaxy Caramel. Then maybe a Twix. I feel like we would be good companions then because I'm not, I don't like Galaxy or Galaxy Caramel. Where Bounty's the last one. Please tell me you agree yeah. with that. Yeah, obviously everyone thinks Bounty. And if you don't, you're possibly a serial killer. <laughs> I wouldn't say possibly, I'd say definitely. Um, how was your Christmas? Did you get a nice present? Um, we actually didn't do presents this year, which yeah. was amazing. Um, although we were allowed to buy presents. It was confirmed on our family WhatsApp groups that we were allowed to have two, because obviously parents aren't together. Um, and uh, we were allowed to buy presents for Ava, and that was confirmed quite a while ago. Um, and I because I have been coming down to, and staying in Gloucester, I bought some presents when I was down here last and left them in Gloucester and then I'd forgotten that I'd bought them because they were in Gloucester. So she basically just kept getting given presents so, by me. Living her best life. And she's got no idea what's going on because she is, what, eight months old? Um, yeah, so like, no. We, so we didn't really do presents, which was 
absolutely brilliant. Um, and on the 23rd, I had a Christmas day um, at my dad's house. And I don't know whether you saw it on my brother's Instagram, but we had a photograph with Ava May and great aunt May. And there was officially over 101 years between them, um, which blow actually blows my brain. And I've got the best photograph um, of both of them having a good old chatter. So um, oh, yeah, and actually what's really impressive about my great aunt May, apart from the fact that she's just an absolute legend. My dad, obviously everyone knows that Big Jim was a maths teacher, was asking her her timetable and she was rattling him off quicker than my brother could. <laughs> Love that. That is impressive. I hope I can do that when I'm old. I can't do it now. So fair play to her. You've got a few years to practice. I've got a few years to practice. I could do my nine times tables. Oh, because you can use your fingers for that one. And yeah, so look, it was really lovely. It was brilliant to be down in Somerset and Devon. Um, popped along to church because mum was in the choir. Um, she still stands at the front like a child grinning, kind of smiling and waving from the um but it was just really nice to be around family because last year we stayed in London because we were very conscious of um, COVID. So yeah, just to be around everyone. And also, I mean, I think my family are probably a little bit more gutted about the Guinness microdraft leaving the house more than me leaving um, right, because okay. that bad boy that I was, I was gifted because it was, because I'm an ambassador, but at, absolute legendary status I gained over Christmas um pouring the perfect pint blew my mind actually because it it doesn't allow you to pour the pint unless the can is of a certain temperature as it should be yeah but the fact that the person making it was like this needs to be part of this equipment technological then surely that's the definition of the perfect pint isn't it it's one of the key facets of that of it being well, yeah, we, I mean, because if we it's did hot, have a debate yeah we did have a debate about that anyway um how about you that's my that's pretty much my christmas wrapped up very pleasant we um sophie worked christmas eve and christmas day afternoon um i tweeted a little picture of her in his scrubs and it got like 200 something likes and i was just like oh right okay snore me later um but we did presents on christmas morning we do one present each in our family and they did have a kind of holiday theme about them because we are off to Mexico in 10 days from today. Um, and one of NJJ's gifts, my dad, was um, a pair of espadrilles, which I was quite surprised he unwrapped and liked as soon as he unwrapped them, which shocked me because I thought it was going to be something he had to be kind of convinced into. But no, no, unwrapped them. And he was like, oh, wow, espadrilles, these are nice. And then that turned into a full sudden meltdown of my mum saying they're really nice and him saying I don't care if they're really nice I won't be wearing them because they didn't fit him um, and he got very angry about it and was shouting at us because they were far too small and he'd left the cardboard inside them hence why he couldn't get them <laughs> on his feet little hobbit feet when we oh, he literally was like they they might be nice Karen but I cannot get them on I will not be wearing them and we were like and he handed it to me to see what size it was and I was like you've left the cardboard in the shoe you absolute idiot so um he has now removed the cardboard and will be wearing his new parrot espadrilles around the beach in Mexico in 10 days time oh wow 
absolute idiot. Um, should we tell the listeners what we've got planned for today's pod? We're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a run through of um, some of our kind of highlights of the year. We've got a few categories: uh, most uh, most fun, most pressure, biggest news, proudest moment. But we are going to start Danielle Shan with the most nervous. What was the most nervous that you have been in this last calendar year in rugby? Um, can I just say before we start? I think I would recommend anybody. This year has been the world's longest but shortest year. And, and actually so much has happened. And I scrolled through my camera reel, just and like the 9 million photographs I've taken of Koya, but of what's actually happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, how did that happen this year? I know. Um, and, and just, I know you want to get onto the list, but you know that picture of the old guy sat cross-legged on the chair? Bernie Sanders? Yeah, that's the one. Um, Your handle of current events never <laughs> fails to blow my mind. Um, that only happened 11 months ago, mate. Yeah, the inauguration happened 11 months ago, yeah. Yeah. The old How man weird is that? I feel like... chair. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and the wee donkey. Wow. Well, have you got any other political um, stories you can update us on on the podcast today? <laughs> no, I'm good for now. I'm all good. Anyway, most nervous. Um, it's interesting because I think with a lot of rugby I watch now, I'm watching it for work. So I'm either watching it when I know the result or I'm watching it without it being too much of a fan. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah, Watching the qualification games for the Women's World Cup, um, the first game, I think, I can't remember who it was, was it Ireland, Spain? Um, I think that was possibly the worst game of rugby I've ever watched. Like it was, it was, it was so painful. And I've played against Yeah, oh, it was just awful. But the most nervous I've been was watching the Ireland-Scotland game, which was the final game. It meant whether... Ireland would qualify, Italy would be in or out, Scotland would get a second chance at the repressage. And obviously we know the result and the last play of the game was Chloe Rolly running over and scoring and then the kick going over to break the Irish hearts. And I think the reason I was so nervous was because I sat in both camps, you know, I'm good friends and played a lot and teammates with a lot of the girls in the Ireland squad. Um, and then at the same time, the Scottish girls, I know how hard they've worked, the, you know, the, the commitment they've given year on year and how awesome Rachel is as captain. Do you know what I mean? Like everything. Yeah. So it was like, as a neutral to both teams, but supporting both teams, I was really nervous watching it. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously it's been absolutely devastating for the Irish, but that was the start of some pretty significant movement this year, yeah. um, which maybe or maybe not we'll mention later on. But yeah, I think probably that game. How about you? Um, I think for me, the France, Wales, Six Nations decided that <laughs> in Paris, which oh, yeah. got delayed by a week because of coronavirus and um, came again down to the last play of the game. 32-30 final score, France winners of the match, Wales winners of the tournament. Um, but 
I saw it described somewhere as a game for the ages and it really was. And I think there have been a number of fixtures like that this calendar year in test rugby. And it was one of those games where it was a heartbreaker for Welsh fans of not winning the Grand Slam. But for me, kind of felt like we were treated to a number of classic test matches this year. And that was one that rugby was the winner because it was just, it was a spectacular but also on the back of a very mediocre, very poor, actually, autumn series, to then turn it around and to be yeah. going on for the Grand Slam was when Scott Quinnell said in Scrum 5, we else are going to win the Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was like, I don't think so. Yeah, so yeah it was a, um, that was the most nervous I was. That was the most nervous. What about, okay, so what is your most fun rugby moment, memory, whatever, from the past 12 months? Um, uh, it's hard because I've, I've done some pretty cool things like working on different games, but I reckon from a, a real rugby noise perspective, um, being over in Dublin for the autumn series this year with Channel 4, um, commentating on... Ireland All Blacks like you know it's a huge fixture given their history um where New Zealand are at you know and yes they were at the end of a 500 uh, week tour but they're um and being in, in isolation um but to be over in Dublin um to commentate on a game of that magnitude that quality was awesome followed by a few cheeky Guinness and an Italian with some friends in uh, in Dublin was lots of fun. Just because it was like rugby again, you know, just going to a game, having a drink afterwards, the atmosphere, it was class, hanging out with Dee and, Al- and Alma. And yeah, and then um, to say, got to finish with massive pizza. Um, so yeah, all good. Absolutely cannot go wrong. Pineapple on the pizza? you know what we had that big debate and I think I was going to go for it but then I didn't because it was an Italian server and I thought she might like throw me out (laughs) word might get back um my most fun was the weekend of the first Lions test I went up to Hoik to film with the friends and family of the two Hoik Lions um and got to watch the first test with uh, the friends and family of uh, those boys in Stuart Hogg's pub with his best man from his wedding. Uh, and it was just really fun. And it was just really nice to kind of be in an environment with people who it meant so much to, who were obviously gutted not to have been able to travel to South Africa because they would have done had restrictions, etc. allowed. But that was for me the most fun weekend. And it was a a real treat to go somewhere that is such a kind of heartland of Scottish rugby, which because of obviously the dissolution of the borders team a few years ago perhaps is somewhere that we don't get to go to as much and yeah I absolutely loved it so that was my most fun although um your fiasco with the hire car probably wasn't not as fun fun. (laughs) that was that was a low point for me and getting food poisoning on the way back um the compiler back to was definitely one of the lowest points of my if not year my life Um, (laughs) I'll be honest, that is, um, not, that is not what you want when you're driving around the M25. No, and there isn't services on the M25, is there? No, 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 I, I was literally 
hanging over crash barriers, <laughs> vomiting my guts up um, at 12 o'clock at night in the pitch black, thinking I could be attacked right now, but it's okay because I would just project I'll vomit all over the attacker. So, <laughs> your breath would keep them away. Okay, yeah, right. So, um, so I've just turned your highlight into your low light. Sorry about right. that. Thanks for um, that. Um, most surprised you've been in a fixture or result or... Yeah. I don't know what I, I what, it, this is a difficult one because I don't want this to sound disrespectful but it's um for me it was Fiji meddling at the Olympics Fiji women um for me that was one that we didn't necessarily see coming and actually the way they've built on it they went really well in Dubai um with the you know kind of the world series coming back Fijiana are a team that I when I worked on the series I did a few different things with they are an incredibly special group of girls they are um obviously much like the men's team very religious and and it some of the highlights for when I worked on the world series were listening to them after they had their jersey presentation and singing together and, and singing hymns and that was so so special so I always had a soft spot for them but seeing them actually like properly carve up play Fiji rugby at an Olympic Games you know as we knew before the 2016 Games Fiji had never won an Olympic medal and now they've got three in the bank because the, the girls have joined the men with the podium party so for me that was the most surprising and actually one of the things that's delighted me the most as well yeah you know what it's it's interesting because Fiji have always been a good side they just haven't had the fitness to to maintain the the performance for a game so as long as you kept the ball and kept like you know kept moving them around you could probably score a few decent points but if they had hold of it or if they ran, if you ran into them, you'd you'd know it. I remember sitting in Atlanta, so I'd gone off. I'd been off for seventeen odd months with my knee. I'd gone to Vegas, Vancouver, hell of a tour, um, but unfortunately broke my cheek. Had to have my cheek reconstructed, and I sat in the stand in Atlanta. And it's a double leg between Atlanta and Langford, and at three weeks I wasn't allowed to play. But at four weeks they were like, "Yeah, you're good. You're good to go." I mean. It was pushing the three breaks in my face, but um, I was told, have you broken it before? And I said, no, they were like, well, let's hope you don't do it again. So I was like, okay, oh. that's fine. Um, but I was sat in the stands and watching the England girls play Fiji and two girls left the field with blood pouring down their head where one had clashed heads with someone just accidentally in a, in a double tackle. The other one had got a knee in the, it, it was all just complete freak rugby stuff. And I just remember, the, and some of the tackles, I was like, I don't watch rugby and wince very much. Obviously I know the momentum and all that. I literally was like, I, I don't want to play Fiji next week. I don't want, I really, unfortunately we didn't come up against him. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I've always had a huge amount of respect for them. And uh, they're brilliant, like you say, they're brilliant girls. And for them to, come on the form that they have with and girls in the in that olympics some of them have never left fiji yeah. they've never played at that level but yet came and absolutely carved up which in a way was kind of the story of the olympics it was the underdog teams that hadn't necessarily you know gb beat in america yeah. you know fiji going on obviously they beat gb in that third fourth but fiji were were level at full time with the Black Ferns. Like that yeah. never happens unless you're Australia. So 
yeah. <laughs> like it's absolutely madness. So yeah, I agree. Um, my most surprise, I think it's it's a it's a simple one really, but Red Roses smashing the Black Ferns, and it in the way that they did it. Um, irrelevant of where New Zealand have been at in the last two years. Um, England didn't just beat them, they completely dismantled them up yeah. front. Um, and yes, you know, New Zealand have had retirements um, or, you know, girls leave because of injuries or whatever, or not play. Um, but at half time when it was 29-5 or in nil, in the first game down next to, and it could have been more. And then you're thinking, oh, England will take the foot off the off the gas. And then they leave the game with 56 points. And yeah. then they back it up the week after. I think that's probably the most surprise, genuinely the most surprised I've been. Does that mean that things won't change? You know, it'll be the same next year. No, they won't. Of course they won't. But I just think in the way that England played, you've got to credit the amount of work that's gone in um, in the Premier 15s, actually. Can I ask you a question on, on England and, and where they are? And I don't think we really know. I'm not sure how much we know about New Zealand going into the World Cup off of that, that series this autumn, because I do think there will be a, a sea change in personnel in terms of we have surmised will there be people who come out of retirement? And we know that there have been off-field issues there, um, which we've kind of seen the fallout of in the past few weeks. But when I look at where England are, it... it gives me a kind of a reminder of where Ireland were a year before the World Cup. So 2018 autumn, Ireland were number one in the world, would beat anyone in front of them, but then failed to, to get past the knockout stages, failed, failed to get past the quarterfinal stage of the World Cup because they peaked too soon. Is there any concern with England that they're peaking too soon or are England now so genuinely that far ahead of the rest of the world that this World Cup could be a cakewalk for them? Um, no, they are a, a, a We've always been as England a significant step ahead of everyone, but New Zealand have been able to 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 beat us up front basically or match us. And then as soon as you have, as soon as they had a decent platform, that back line will tear anyone apart. And they showed that a couple of times when they got the ball against Red Roses, like just didn't walk in, but they, do you know what I mean? It was like yeah. incredible some of the scores they got. I think. The interesting thing for me at the moment is is England up front and the depth there in particular around the set piece and, and scrum. I think having Bernard back is huge, Mister massively in the Six Nations because although they've got some really good rugby players that have transitioned into the front row, so someone like Shauna Brown, Bryony Cleo is obviously injured at the moment, but um, they're not necessarily scrum specialists. So you saw that in the... Um, in the Six Nations, I think you know the big test for England is going to go be going to France. You know they're not going to be messing about with the girls going back and forth to sevens. They're going to have the likes of Drouin, Mayans, Pal. Do you know what I mean? All of those really classic girl, like the girls that kind of jump between the two. They're yeah. going to stay in fifteens, as far as I I can see. Um, and then they got to go to France. They got to win over there. If they get a comfortable win over there. In 2006, we went to France and we smashed them away and it completely obliterated the French confidence. We then played them in the pool stages, just like England are going to do next year. Yeah. And again, we beat them. And was this was the win psychological? A, a significant portion of it was. 
is that a different French tide now? Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously it was 10 million years ago, but that that psychology of losing badly at home is one that can live with a team. Yeah. And I think if that happens, it will be massively in England's favour going into the World Cup. Yeah. If it doesn't, which I think it, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people potentially might think, um, I think that they'll be England's biggest contest. And because they're in the same pool and there's only 12 teams, it then works out really weird in, in terms of, and the semi-quarterfinals for the first time ever. Yeah. So yeah, so the knockout stages will look very differently. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is the most pressure you have felt in rugby in the last 12 months? Obviously, you've hung up the boots, so it's not going to be playing anymore. But where's the most pressure come for you in the past 12 months? Um... Uh, I think, you know, commentating up at Edinburgh on Terrestrial TV, the Lions versus Japan, first female to do it. Um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty hectic. Um, but I'm going to have to go with the Cavaliers running out in right. their, in their semi-final. semi-final. Um, oh, you know what? I just am so proud of working with them and I desperately wanted them to get a win in uh in summer social um so yeah for them to go out and beat the navy in the semi-final I was just maybe that's one of my proudest moments I don't know I don't know if we've got proudest on the list but yeah I think they're just because I wanted to do well and also obviously felt the pressure because you were there and Harriet was in the crowd and Claude and (laughs) And I had a loud hailer and you know it I can't imagine that you'll ever feel pressure like that unless you do come out of retirement and you make it to the World Cup final next year because <laughs> we heaped it on you. Um, sure, I saw my... the other day that I actually, you know what? Um, I could come out of retirement because it will have been three years 
and I qualify for Wales. So, hey, you might see me next year. <laughs> we don't want you. We don't want you. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have me either. <laughs> most, most pressure that I have felt is probably um, having to make a documentary about you. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean... There's there's a certain amount of pressure that goes with with this job anyway, but when the stakes are as high as you being the headline act, um, finding your voice, I just found my nerves through that week of uh, the production of that documentary. But that was obviously for me one of the most enjoyable things that I've done in the past year. Um, but yeah, there was an immense amount of pressure to kind of do you justice and make you proud doing that. So that's really my also- most make me make sure I don't look like a laughing horse with my massive teeth (laughs) absolute tombstones spent a lot of money on special effects just to size them down Uh, make (laughs) your hands look a little less knobbly Um, light it so that you didn't look like a a proper ranger Um, just you know I didn't open I didn't start it so that you did you say it so that you could just start abusing me no I actually that's just a a nice byproduct of of my my biggest news Actually, that's maybe that little, well, let's go proudest. I, I think I've, that's probably got to be one of the, the proudest things that I, I have done because one, seeing you work from all angles, whether that's through, you know, interviewing me to seeing you produce it and, you know, and, and direct it, direct it, like everything and Starkey, you know, and all the work that went in. But I think probably what was proud is that the HSBC, paid your huge fee but um now they 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 were willing to step outside their comfort zone to tell my story and that my story was enough to be made like a mini documentary like you never think like oh like it's just what I've done like it's not anything that but it could help or anything like that and I think just the nature of how it was received and and the impact it has had um I'm incredibly proud of that and I suppose proud of myself in a way to to open up like I did although I do feel like you've got cunning tricks somehow as an interviewer that you managed to allow me to do that but make me do it um but yeah like I, I think that and then I suppose that links on to like I am hugely about action I don't like a lot apart from the fact that when we moan a lot to each other I um I don't like a lot of just moaning and not doing things and I think it has been incredibly humbling to see three women join forces with myself to launch the WRA I think it's it's been a huge amount of work but it's been amazing fun to do it with some wicked women um to have a sponsor and supporter like Morgan Sports Law to step in and to provide the support to do it and then to support the girls just because they want to help like it's I don't know like I'm really proud and I genuinely think that this is going to be a big game changer and the way it's been received by the RFU and like the club owners and like and, and, and the public um it's a big it's a it's quite a big thing. I kind of suppose I've forgotten. It's kind of like how, not forgotten, but like not realised how big it could be. So yeah. I think that's probably, yeah, something I've been proud of. Anyway, uh, you proud of anything, dear? Um, obviously, I'm always proud of myself um, just for putting up with you. But uh, I think probably, you know, a work thing as well. I um, co-produced and directed the Six Nations preview show for Scrum 5 
um, in the spring. Was that this year? I know, it was mental, isn't it? Absolutely insane. And for me, that was a kind of, it, that's a programme I've grown up watching and to be given the opportunity to do that and to kind of follow it through and, and get that show on screen, get some stuff that we were really, really proud of. And and it's funny because you we did it and there were so many like comments from people about it was, you know, hyperbolic in the way that, Scott Connell talked about Wales and and it you know it kind of made a somebody said oh it, it almost kind of made a mockery of it by Scott Connell finishing the show saying that Wales were going to win the tournament um and then obviously <laughs> seven weeks later Wales did win the tournament so yeah it was a really I was really proud of it really pleased to be able to work not just alongside Tom Kearns who I co-produced the director of the show with but um with camera operators around the UK who I've worked with since I was just starting out and who I love to bits and and getting contributors like you know my friend Rory Lawson and and people like that as part of something was yeah it felt like a a long a long time's work all coming together so that was really my proudest moment well you've kind of done every role there now haven't you well I mean I think the frustrating thing for me is that I, I work very hard. Haven't wor- I'm multi-skilled and they still won't let me sing the theme tune. And, you know, <laughs> it, Scrum 5 was rebranded this season. It felt like it felt like an opportunity. And it and now it feels like an opportunity missed. Um, so Say what? Talk about theme tunes. It's a bit of a name blast for the past. Uh, Jen Kish, ex-Canadian captain, who's yeah. married to Shawnee Kish, who's a Canadian singer. She sings the theme tune to, I don't watch ice hockey, but like the major ice hockey show over in Canada. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, there's precedent for it. There's precedent yeah. for it. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I need to kind of word this so that I'm not sounding like I'm disrespecting my BBC bosses, but I, I would say they've had a shocker. Um, you know, <laughs> you look at the success of, of, when Angie Watts from EastEnders recorded a single for the EastEnders tune, I just think that, you know, maybe we should park this because I'm going to say something I regret here, but I just, um, think, you know. Although I've just had, I mean, you are quite small compared to most humans and I've just had the, wait, the theme tune, sling yeah. the theme tune. <laughs> um, but again, what makes me laugh is that's popped into your head and you probably don't even understand the reference of, so it's meant to be Dennis Waterman who your namesake I'm sure you're related to who would not just star in tv programs but would also sing so like Minder he was the star but he also sang the theme tune which again is it it, it's a comparison I've made again I don't want to disrespect my business (laughs) but there is precedent for this let's park that let's talk about before I get retired from my role at, at BBC, why don't we talk about retirements this year? Um, biggest retirements that you want to talk about? Oh, um, I think it's two, you know, two of my closest rugby friends. Um, Claire Malloy, you know, absolute legend of the green shirt, Bristol shirt, wasp shirt, lots of shirts, barbar shirt, um, pain in the backside in breakdowns but um yeah she, I mean she's still playing club rugby but stepped away from Ireland and just the amount that she's done for that um that 
Nate, you know, that national side is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, big, big hat tip and happy retirement to Malloy this year. And also um, Heather Fisher, one of my best buddies, my roommate, um, absolute menace to society and to rugby fields. Um, yeah, so, you know, she had a devastating knee injury pre-Olympics, which ruled her out of selection um, and has stepped away from playing. And I think going over to Dubai and see and being over there um, and seeing the girls in GB and, like you know, and, and not seeing Heather amongst the mix of it, you know, was real weird. And obviously it's odd not having uh, New Zealand there, um, but actually, um, yeah, I think it's, it's still tough for her because she's still um, rehabbing and things. And if you aren't following her on socials, she's kind of giving a bit of an insight into some of her rehab, which is great. Um, but she has given absolutely everything and more to, to rugby. So yeah, big happy retirement to, at least now to fish. And I feel like I'm I'm setting you up because You're setting me up, yeah. Um, from from one fish to another, I I feel I feel weird saying this because it remains to be seen whether he is really retired. Um, I have attended this year, um, probably about thirty five retirement um occasions for this one player, and yet he keeps on going. In fact, he's now received a ban for three weeks um in the hope i think from rugby organizations that that is the end of it but dan fish who um obviously i'm a card of rugby girl through and through from a fan as a kid in my teenage years season ticket holder to working for them and and you know even though i i now work in rugby i am still a card of rugby fan and dan fish has been forever and a day my favorite player because he could do a bit of everything and you never knew what to expect and obviously when he retired it was you know from a club perspective we were delighted to see that he would stay with the region coaching the academy and yet has played more probably in the last six months than he did in the two years preceding his actual retirement because he's been called back in when there were injuries and there were shortages of players. So we had to play some URC at the beginning of the season. And then obviously with the COVID debacle that hit Cardiff rugby when they went down to South Africa and just the heroic efforts of that man. And it's, it's a funny thing for me because I think, when I talk to like my Cardiff diehard friends who, you know, the North Terrace Mafia and, and, you know, the block three people who I sit with and Dan Fish is a, is a household name for Cardiff rugby fans. But beyond that, a lot of people wouldn't have really known who he was, you know, outside of, of regional rugby fans and stuff like that. Whereas now I feel like what happened in Europe in the last two weeks before Christmas has just opened a whole new world of Dan Fish fans and, and the cult status he had at Cardiff Rugby is now cult status in rugby. So um, I hope it isn't the last we see of him in a Cardiff jersey. I do hope that perhaps again before the end of the season, he has to answer Di's call. But Dan Fish is my my big retirement and I just want <laughs> I just want to send him like all the love from the tryhards um and yeah just it's an ultimate try hard he is you know what, try hard. When, what you, a legend. when i so how did you feel that cardiff blues tweeted me saying even nolly's calling him the fish yeah. <laughs> and then cardiff rugby not cardiff blues anymore 
sorry, Cardiff, I'd said that right at the start of commentary, butchered it. Anyway, um, I think even Miles called him the fish, Wiley. Like, the Miles Harrison was calling him the fish, um, which I just think is brilliant. I, I was a little bit gutted that you didn't. So our big thing at Cardiff Rugby over the years is feed the fish and he will score. And I was a bit gutted that didn't make it into commentary uh, because on the terraces and in the stands, that's what's been shouted for the past decade or so of feed the fish, feed the fish. Did you know as well, I find this really funny. Well, so you love a theme. I know you love a theme. When Dan Fish's partner was pregnant and her baby shower was thrown, it was Finding Nemo themed because it was going to be a baby fish. <laughs> How good is that? That's good. Well, Miles did actually say in commentary, because um, uh, he, Dan took a quick tap and he said, oh, he's feeding the fish, feeding himself. <laughs> So he did kind of get it in. And okay. um, actually, just talking about Twitter, have you seen Jason Tubby's um, tweet? Oh, um, wife goes into labour, midwife. Jace, you're on water duty. Wife, he'll be good at that. That's all he's done all year. <laughs> it's the fact that he's like, what can I say in that situation? Like, she has absolutely done him, absolutely done him. So fair play to, to Mrs. Tubbs there. Um, What's been your biggest news of the year? What do you think has been like the biggest headline, rugby headline for you? You haven't written one down. Okay. Um, we did go through this beforehand. I did ask if you had all of the categories written down. Um, categories, maybe. Um, I have put for mine the Wales women's contract. That's been the biggest news in my little rugby world this year. Um, we hopefully will in the next few days know who those contracts have been given to because we were told the 1st of January. Um, it's a massive step forward for women's rugby in Wales. It's a massive statement from the WRU. Um, so I, I think you probably agree that's the biggest news, would you? Whilst you rack your brain. I mean, we, we, do, we do give Wales women a lot of airtime on this pod um, or it just makes the edits. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I... Uh... It is big news because it's a big step forward for a union to back their players. I think probably you've got to look at, um, you know, the the massive step that the Irish girls took, the the players that wrote the letter to their government, their, their government, you know, about the lack of support. Um, I got, you know, and interestingly, I got I got messaged by. Um, by an Irish reporter asking me to do uh, like for to have a quick chat about what was going on over here, um, and I was a bit apprehensive because obviously I it was it I didn't know the vibe of his article. He's saying he's yeah. doing something, and it turned out to be a two-page spread in their Sunday paper, and with big photograph and stuff, and it was really well written. Like it was it was really it was a it was a really good piece, but I think. In terms of news, for the fact that the week that Ireland men were playing the All Blacks, some of the headlines were about the women's game um, around the comments that were made by their management, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that it is making Sunday papers page on page, you know, is, is huge for women's sport. Um, and yes, it's negative and yes, it's not... Uh, <laughs> It's not nice press, you don't want to be having it, but this type of press is what they need to make change. And 
you know, whether there's lip service at the moment to making that change or what, but I can't see it just being that. It has to actually shift the dial, not just a little bit, but a huge amount. And, and when rugby is so massive over in Ireland, I yeah, think, yeah, I think actually, you know, for me, that's got to be the, the biggest stuff. Okay. Um, that, and obviously um, you getting uh, announced as our press officer for the Cavaliers. I mean, that's up there as well. <laughs> And me getting gym membership. That's got to yes. be up there. Yes. Yes. Have you yeah. actually got membership? You don't just go in now. Yeah, I'm a member. I'm a member of Anytime Ooh. Fitness. In fact, I'm such a committed member. I'm like friends with like the staff. And on, so I went to the gym the day after Boxing Day. And I, as I was leaving, I was talking to Nathan Tucker, who's the assistant manager in Anytime in Panath. Little shout out to Nathan there um who was in his mid-20s and he'd just come home from Sussex after spending his kind of three days of Christmas off there and I felt really sorry for him it reminded me of when I was in my 20s and I'd have those few days of Christmas then I'd have to go back to London and how it is just so gutting that you're leaving your family and and you're leaving your kind of Christmas festivities to go back to a house share with no Christmas food and he just broke my heart a little bit so I went home and made myself a Christmas leftover sandwich and I made him one as well and took it back down the gym to him and he said it was banging so you know there's my little good deed done for the week it was superb as well it was I'd say it was classic levels this year it was in fact not a sandwich but a wrap that I put in the panini machine and it had a layer of sobrasada in it. Do you know what that is? It's no. like a kind of chorizo pate. And I tell you what, the smokiness that it, it gave was just, it was delicious. Absolutely delicious. Um, so from that highlight of Christmas to highlight of the year, um, we, we've been very um, mature about this. We have not had an argument, but we have actually agreed on the same thing for our highlight of the year. <coughs> Um, so I'm going to let you announce it and kick off the tryhards highlight of the rugby year. Um, I think, well, we, we agreed on the same person, but I think possibly the slightly different reasons. Yeah. Um, for me, the highlight was seeing Sarah Hirony announced as flag bearer for New Zealand at the Olympic Games, you know, after a very, very emotional and tough um, time building up to the games, losing her mum so tragically, um, to see her as somebody that is an incredible woman and role model and inspiration to many, get the opportunity to stand proud and, and represent her country in that way. And for women's rugby, a women's rugby player, to be holding a flag at an Olympic Games is just epic it's one of those mic drop moments as if to say our sport matters you know rugby matters and it's a and it's a female rugby player I just think it's it kind of went a little bit unnoticed just because of the way that the game not unnoticed that's that's wrong to say but more it didn't get the press coverage I think that it, it really should have had just because of the nature of the games but that, that will go down, in my opinion, in history of one of the biggest moments of, for a female rugby player. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer person and someone that on the field, um, I believe, was the, the player of the tournament and actually at times dragged her team through to win a gold medal. So, yeah, that's my reasoning. 
I think as well in terms of like Gossie as a flag bearer it's the cultural significance of that as well something that I've always had a deep rooted respect for with Sarah as a person as a player is that her Maori culture is so important to her and I always think about um, the first year that I'd met her when she wore kind of like Maori national dress to the World Rugby Awards and I thought that I mean I would certainly not be wearing a Welsh lady bonnet if I was nominated for World Player of the Year I don't know what is less likely at this point me wearing that to an award ceremony or me being nominated for World Player of the Year um, but I always really respected her for that so I think the cultural significance of a, a, a proud Maori athlete representing her nation like that was also massive for her and that community as a flag bearer that was really special but yeah for me I make no secret of the fact that I love that woman um she is <laughs> my favorite do you claim to be one of her best mates as well we I mean, are, I feel, I feel... literally like just best mates best friends uh you know and and to the point where I you wear uh, your New Zealand married vest quite I've, I've agreed I've agreed to work on the Seville Sevens for free just because I the Kiwi girls are due to be playing there um and I watching her so it was the day of the second test uh Nolly and I that day were at Six Ways Stadium for a Sky VIP event and I was sitting in a production meeting watching with a group of people who I'd never met before um in real life because obviously we'd conducted all of our pre pre-day meetings on zoom and i sat there and watched my best friend um captain her nation to olympic glory and i burst into tears because it just was such a special moment she's an amazing person an amazing player as you mentioned nolly it was a quite a, a traumatic year for for gossi losing her mum so tragically and so suddenly so yeah, that is my moment of the year, watching the Black Ferns win their Olympic gold medal, but watching Sarah Hirony win that gold medal, Captain Hinaton. Filling up now thinking about it. Well, Laura Jane Jones, 2021 is nearly done now. Nearly done. Uh, but do you know what starts in a couple of days time? The Doddy Gump. In fact, it's like 24 hours time, I think. Um, I am pleased to announce that on behalf of all of the tryhards, we are Team Edinburgh. If you haven't signed up yet, I'm electing us as Team Edinburgh. Last year, I did not support Rory Lawson's team. This year, I've said we will be Team Edinburgh. And there is now a tryhards league within Team Edinburgh. So if you sign up, you can join the tryhards league. It's one word, tryhards. It costs £20 to enter the Doddy Gump annually. And that £20 goes towards motor neuron disease research and help for those who are suffering from this awful disease which our beloved Doddy Weir is obviously living with um for that 20 pounds you're giving to charity but you also get your snood and for me last year the Six Nations was behind closed doors but everybody working on the Six Nations was wearing their Doddy snood and it made me incredibly emotional as somebody who loves that family to bits because the outpouring of love from the rugby community for Doddy continues to just get bigger and, and better and everyone loves him and everyone wants to be part of it. So get yourself signed up. 20 quid. How do you do it? How do you do it? So if you go on to the app store, even if you're on an Android or an iPhone and search Doddy Gump, you can download the app through the app. You sign up. 
you sign up to so it's split into south scotland edinburgh glasgow barbarians we are team edinburgh tryhards so select team edinburgh and then when you're in team edinburgh you can find the tryhards league so at the moment i'm the only one in there but get involved and then i will be um, joining i will be joining logging. is edinburgh slightly more north than glasgow oh i don't know maybe uh i mean obviously actually i think it is because the sun sets later in edinburgh so it must be further north than glasgow well it's not as north as um oh the reason i'm saying that is because obviously i need to i need to go into a team that's closest to my yeah, home I, I don't think there's a north or a highlands team so i think that's why we're in that one um maybe we should set that up next but year. you but you are on the doddy gum to log your steps record your steps and get those steps in for team edinburgh um it doesn't start until tomorrow but i might do a little warm-up walk if it stops raining this afternoon um but yeah that get involved guys let's kick the new year off getting our steps in Thank you to everybody for all of your support this year. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for listening to us waffle on. <laughs> Lots of love, tryhards. Keep being tryhards. And um, see yeah. you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.